You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, episode number 45, The B Word, Healing from Betrayal. Good day, everybody. I have Sue Markovich, life coach, with me today in the studio. You can find Sue and all of her awesomeness at www.suemarkovich.com. We have been on the microphone once before. Hello, Sue. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. So glad to have Sue here. Today, we are going to talk about the B word. And the reason why we're calling it the B word is because betrayal is such a dense, heavy topic. And it is something that when happens, it can absolutely change the course of our life, change the course of the way we relationship. It's It can floor us. It can alter our trust forevermore unless we do the healing work. And that's why I'm calling this episode Healing from Betrayal. Because we can talk about betrayal and how bad it sucks all day long. But this is sweet empowerment and we work towards empowerment. Right on. (laughs) So I just want to give a quick definition of what betrayal is. And betrayal, I looked up two definitions and one is the act of deliberate disloyalty. The other one is a violation of a person's trust or confidence by a moral standard. So what both of those things mean is that there is sort of a certain set of moral, quote, rules or guidelines that we live by, and they dictate how we relationship. And the true level of connection and trust that we have with somebody relies on this level of moral standard. And when somebody breaks that with us, that can just absolutely floor us because as human beings, we all know that we all just want to feel really safe and connected in this world. And we can't feel that way when we have people disloyal around us or that are betraying our confidences, whether it's in business or clients or cheating spouses or backstabbing, two-timing friends, whatever we got going on. Now, I do want to say that This particular episode is going to be aimed at really big betrayal, like those things in your life, like I said earlier, that alter the course of your life that you can't even wrap your head around, that leave you standing there with your mouth open and your jaw on the ground where you don't know if you want to kick someone's butt or cry or crawl in a corner or move to Alaska, you know, whatever it might be. These are betrayals that are so harsh that we really need help and processing to get through them so that we can come out the other side bigger and better than we were before. So initially I want to talk about what it feels like because betrayal for me, when I finally process through, because I've had several really dank betrayals in my life, like, like gnarly betrayals, and they just, I couldn't even wrap my head around how terrible they were and how badly they hurt me. You know, once I started thinking about it, I came to the conclusion that they felt worse to me than death. Now, I'm not minimizing death for you guys who are like, oh my God, you've never had a child die. I'm I'm not talking about things like that, guys. I'm talking in a general sense that death in general is something that the person does not choose. Betrayal is, and it is the same to me, the type of pain where I just can't even, it it was horrific. Now, The difference between the betrayal and death is, of course, the pain of death lasts throughout a lifetime. I have several people that I love that have passed, and that stays with me all the time. It's a very sad thing. But betrayal is healable, where we don't have to hold on to that toxic, dense emotion for the rest of our lives, that we can grow from this and move forward from this. One of the things that is most, 
I don't know, hard for me was the shock of it. I mean, anytime we've had, we've been blindsided and just mowed over out of nowhere by someone that we loved and trusted. It's a horrific feeling. When I was betrayed by a dear friend, I think I was in shock for months. I understand completely why they call it being stabbed in the back because I didn't see it coming. I loved and trusted this person dearly. And the, the shock of it was was so profound. I, I would just try to shake my head and clear these dark thoughts that were in there trying to figure out what is happening. It just felt like my world had been turned upside down. And did you feel alone in that time? Like, did you feel really anybody really got it? I mean, can anybody really get it? Well, it's hard to understand what is in a friendship or a relationship or a partnership or anything like that. You know, I know the confidences we shared. I know the trust that we shared. Um, I know the vision for the future that we shared together. So it was pretty hard to describe to anyone the loss I was feeling as it was, you know, creating this, this huge disruption and change in my life, but also this loss of this friend and this person that uh, I thought was going to be there for the long haul. For me, I could say I really did feel alone in mine. Not that I didn't have people that understood or kind of felt it or knew, wow, that's kind of a whopper, you know, what happened to me. But it's it's really personal. It's really mm. only about us and that other person. And I believe that although others can understand the magnitude of something, unless they're really in our shoes, they they can understand that when I say magnitude, like, wow, someone, you know, you cheated on your spouse, that's pretty gnarly, right? They can understand it on that level. But unless they're really living it or have gone through a profound betrayal themselves, I feel like it's really difficult for people to really understand. And oftentimes this is such a solo journey. I remember one time in high school when a very dear friend of mine from a long time ago, we were friends since she was born, and she betrayed me with my boyfriend so I basically lost my best friend slash sister and my boyfriend at the same time. Nobody really understood. And I remember being so mad and, you know, being in high school and I called her a traitor a couple times at a party and people would get so mad at me and they would think I was being so nasty. And I just want, I, I was crushed because I was like, do you not understand what happened to me? And they really didn't. They saw things through their own lenses and their own perspective. So if you feel alone in your betrayal, I, I want you to understand that that is a thing, and I'm sorry that you feel alone, mm. and I hope that you do have somebody that you can talk to this about that understands and holds that space for you while you process through it. But I also want you to know that you do not need other people's approval. You do not need other people to go, oh yeah, that was a betrayal. I mean, because sometimes we think we did something to cause this, that it's our fault mm -hmm. that this person did whatever they did. Especially when people aren't understanding, we really start to question ourselves. And I wanna make it really blatantly clear, when somebody really breaks a moral code between you and them, that's on them. It's not something that we created. They had a choice in what they did. When I first got knocked off my feet, I, I feel like the first thing I did was start to question what did I do wrong? How could this possibly happen? What have I done to allow this sort of darkness and pain in my life when I had worked so hard to build what I had built? And I can picture those nights on my knees next to the bed going, God, what did I do wrong? And I was just begging for some sort of validation that 
it, it wasn't something that was wrong with me. Because I think we can. We might initially try to turn it on ourselves because we also want to stop this. And if, you know, sometimes maybe in, the, in an event of a cheating on, if we feel like, oh gosh, if I can blame me, if somehow I'm at fault, I can let my person off the hook. And, you know, maybe I could get that person back or whatever. But I really want to make it clear that when someone betrays us, that is their choice, period. They're doing the betraying. And I tried to do a little spiritual bypass at the beginning because I sort of know how this works. So I thought if I can get to owning my piece of it and then jump to forgiveness, I can be through all this without feeling this pain that I'm feeling. And none of that worked. I had to just sit in that pain and feel that sting of betrayal and work my way through it and the speed at which it allowed. Exactly. Now, there's another reason why we might feel alone in this is because Sometimes people, I'm sure you guys have had this experience when I say this, want to ignore or deny the depth of the betrayal. And they do this so that they don't have to feel uncomfortable themselves or they don't have to do something different themselves because now this might have altered the relationship with that person. So sometimes they can minimize what was done so that they don't have to get outside their own comfort zone in this whole situation. Betrayal can be really a, a spider webby mess. And what I'm hoping that you guys get from this episode today is A, to understand that you didn't cause it, but I also want you to understand that there is a way through this and it, it may be a solo journey, but it is complete. well, we're really always on the solo journey of our healing, but there is a way to get through this. Now, I want to talk about why people choose to betray. I feel like there's several reasons. One of those reasons is because they want to be you. They want what you have. They covet what you have. They want to look good for whatever reason. They make a choice that is betraying to you just to make themselves look better. They might be just someone that's careless about other people, narcissists meaning they only care about their own betterment and self, regardless who they might be hurting along the way. And sometimes it's just straight up weakness. They just don't have a good moral character and they're weak. And they might be jumping from one feel-good thing to the next feel-good thing. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of short-term gratification and betrayal. It, you know, if you're willing to cast a relationship aside that you have said means a great deal to you, then you're just looking for the next hit of your own approval or validation or worthiness somewhere in the world at the expense of other people. And that can never last long-term, but that is a short-term gratification kind of thing. You know, it's short-term gratification with long-term consequences. When we betray somebody, when we are disloyal to somebody, and we know that we really just stab somebody hard, most, let me back up, most people don't even realize they're doing it because they are so caught up in their unconsciousness and going from feel good thing to feel good thing, trying to gratify their ego, they don't even know it. But the long-term consequence part of this is they have now created a ripple effect of distrust because other people are paying attention it's sometimes it's not only one relationship that is fractured, but there are several relationships that are fractured. And then there's kind of the karmic, karmic consequence against that too, where you have to carry around now that our soul knows, our soul knows when we screwed up. So we are actually, unless we're mentally, like truly mentally ill, we know. 
So even though we might be denying this crappy thing that we've done, our soul knows, and we are carrying that around. And that actually, that short-term gratification of trying to feel good in that moment and get this thing that we want, no matter who it hurts, that actually hurts us long-term because we're carrying around a lie. Sue and I were talking about that earlier, and she was saying betrayal is a lie. Can you speak on that a little bit, Sue? Well, I believe that if we make a bad decision, a lot of times our ego will jump in and start to tell a story to justify that decision so we don't feel so bad about ourselves. And there's a lot of story we can tell around our bad decisions. And I used to do that, you know, before I started my healing work. I always had a story as to why I was justified in making the decisions that I was, why someone had been mistreating me or withholding from me or something like that. What it turns out is the story that we're telling is not true, even though people are believing it. You're always going to have people around you going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the story. I get it. I get it. But the truth is always going to be underneath. And I, I just believe in the justice of God. And I believe that truth is going to find its way to the top eventually. Mm. But living that lie is not only painful for the victim of the betrayal, the person that's betraying, but like you were saying earlier, the entire network, because usually when there are two friends or a couple or something like that, there's a large network or family of people around them that are just devastated by the story and the lie as well. Absolutely. And we're lying to ourselves. That's the thing. And what do I talk about, you guys, all the time on this podcast? Radical self-honesty. So we do know when someone is lying to themselves, they are unconscious. And there is a long-term effect of betrayal. So it's not only you that it's going to affect, but it's, it's going to reach its fingers out into other areas of their life. But the main reason that we are making this episode today is to talk about healing from betrayal. A few weeks back before when I decided we were going to make this episode, I put a post on Facebook and asked people what questions they have about betrayal and healing from betrayal. And one of the gals reached out and wrote me an instant message and she said, she had a story involved with it, but she said, How do I heal from this bitterness? She has made great, amazing strides in her healing process, but she says the bitterness is plaguing her a little bit. And I would say that bitterness is is a big chunk of betrayal healing because we are walking away going, holy smokes, life is not what I think it is. People are not what I think they are. And sometimes we can lump everybody into it. I know people who have been hurt by a woman and I think all women are going to betray, or they've been hurt by a man, they all men are going to betray. Or, you know, they it can, it can really wreak havoc in our lives because we just start to extend it everywhere. But mostly, if we've been, let's say, hurt by a significant partner, then we are, might have bitterness towards that area of our life. So I wanted to address this question, especially for her. The best thing I can tell you is that when I was feeling bitter towards men, people laugh when I tell this story, after my tsunami and my my profound betrayal, I, oh my God, I had such a problem with men. I mean, it was really bad. If I saw an old man walking by, I would be like, hey, jerk, what did you do to your wife? I bet you, and I had these stories going on. If I passed a four-year-old on the sidewalk, I was like, yeah, you're going to grow up and be a jerk. I mean, I really had a problem with men. And what I decided was, wow, this is not me. And the actions of one person is really tainted my view of the world and of men especially and I love men I have brothers I've got male friends everywhere I actually love men and I love male energy but here I was 
I was like, bleh, 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 bleh. I mean, you should have heard my inner dialogue. It was atrocious. So what I did was I asked God to show me the opposing view. So let's say you have a friend or a business partner or somebody that betrays you or a man or a woman or whatever. You can ask for the opposing view. I would like, so for me, I was like, I want to know that there's good men out there. Because at this point, I didn't think there was any good men out there. So I asked God, I said, please, God, show me that there are good men out there. And let me tell you something. It wasn't a day till these amazing good men were showing up all over my life. Now, whether God brought these good men into my life or my perception shifted and I started to look for good men, that could be more true, but they were there. And it helped me to heal that bitterness I had towards men. Like I mentioned earlier, I think one of the most important aspects that Sue and I had just spoken about not long ago was not blaming self. That's a tough part of it because it just, to me, felt like I had done something wrong, chose the wrong person, chose to trust the wrong person, was vulnerable with the wrong person, um, put something that was very important to me into the hands of the wrong person. And it just felt like I was incredibly stupid and couldn't believe I had done that and put everything at risk. And I really was hard on myself at the beginning. Right. What did you do to overcome that? Well, I had to just let myself feel all those feelings first. I had to just let it all in. So I had several, really, weeks of just feeling the pain of what it means for someone that I trusted to betray me. And to start to turn it around so that it didn't feel... I didn't want to be a victim of this. You know, no matter what has happened... I had to start looking at it as an, a, a true injustice. There was an injustice here. There is a perpetrator and there is a victim. But I had to first acknowledge that this was not just a misunderstanding, that I was a victim of a betrayal. I had to use those words and really own that in my life and then move forward by trusting that there is justice, but staying stuck in being a victim serves no one. I kept asking God what to do or whether I should do this or say this or reach out to this. And the question I kept getting is, who does it serve? And that was very important to me. Who does this serve? And I am certain for myself after all the work I've done that staying stuck in any kind of victim mode doesn't serve myself, doesn't serve anyone around me. Staying stuck in and being a victim serves no one. No, it doesn't. Because we're giving away our power. Amen. You know, yes, somebody did something to us and it was really crappy and it hurts like heck. And we are allowed to feel that. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross speaks about the five stages of grief, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. This is a loss. But if you really look at this as a loss and there is a grieving period and to be gentle with yourself, someone just knocked you on your ass. This was horrible. You don't even know what to do with this right now. Be willing to feel it, like Sue was saying, and to own what happened. Not you didn't do anything, not that time of ownership, but to own the feelings of this. I am hurt this happened to me and this really, really sucks because when we can go through our emotions, they lose their density. When we deny them, they build up pressure under the surface. But a lot of people are afraid to feel their emotions because they feel like, oh, if I feel that, I've heard this many times, 
If I get angry, I feel like I will never stop. I promise you, you will stop. If you let yourself feel that anger and let it come in and come out, it will stop. Now, it may come again later, but it does stop. It doesn't last long. It's just an emotion and it can't kill you. But to wallow in self-pity and blame is is still, you're continuing to betray yourself after the betrayal because you are perpetuating the betrayal even after it has been done. The thing I had to start doing was asking myself, was this only that something was done to me or is it possible, is it possible that this was done for me? And if it is, what am I being invited into and what does that look like? Okay, so two things. What do you mean by done for you? If I believe that that God and Spirit are at work in my life all the time for my highest good, then that means this has to be for my highest good as well, even if it's the crappiest, most gnarly thing like you're talking about. Right. But within it, somewhere within it, I must believe that there is something for me and not just something done to me. So if I started to shift my perception from fear to love to if it's not just something done to me, but done for me, what is it possibly being done for me that's for my higher good? And that's absolutely what it looks like moving out of victimhood into victory is going all right what lesson did i learn from this even though it was something crappy that happened to you there's a lesson to to learn whatever that lesson might be and there's so many different types of betrayal i can't even begin to list off lessons you guys because there's a billion but it's making that choice it's saying you know what this sucks this hurt this was awful and making a choice to move forward I would be remiss if I did not mention forgiveness because forgiveness is a big, big piece of the healing path. The very first thing I want to say about forgiveness is it does not condone what anybody does. It doesn't condone it. It is never going to be okay that that person did this gnarly thing to you. However, you can release the toxic tie binding you to that person by learning to forgive, by understanding and having compassion. I know you guys are like, how can I have compassion for the person that does this? I get it. But they're unconscious. And you know, this is this is a spiritual journey here on earth. And understanding that person had, like we talked about earlier, the reasons why people betray, they're in an unconscious mode and just starting to work towards it. At the very least, just being, quote, willing to forgive. When we tell the universe and God that we are at least willing to forgive this profound betrayal that happened to us, that immediately starts the ball in motion for our healing and our forgiveness. I can tell you guys, after that profound betrayal that happened in my high school years, eight years later, I wrote a paper on forgiveness in college and I cried through writing the whole thing. I got an A on it and I was like, I realized I had actually forgiven her. I had forgiven her, it just still sucked and I didn't wanna be her friend I didn't want her back in my life. And the thought of what she did still made me angry. And this is strange, but I learned that anger and forgiveness can live in the same house. Now, here's what's interesting. People don't want to say that. They say you have to feel nothing. Well, eventually you might feel nothing, but I forgave her. I really understood what that was all about, but it still made me mad that she would do that she did that to me. But it didn't make me feel like I wanted revenge or that I I needed to get her back. Or I needed to call her names or tell my story 10 million times just to get everybody on my bandwagon and tell me what a jerk she was. I just didn't feel that. I felt that, but it's just like if you think about, I don't know, somebody doing something 
to somebody and you just hear a story, you watch a TV show and it makes you angry for that moment, but you don't carry it with you. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. It's the same thing. It's a human emotion to think of something that's crappy and it to make you mad for a second. That doesn't mean you haven't necessarily forgiven that person. Forgiveness is when you really have just set them loose and you don't really care. Now, sometimes forgiveness means we can get back together with that friend, coworker, boss, or spouse, or whoever it may be, and that's okay too. It's whatever this works for you. I know for me, after profound betrayal, I've had a very difficult time. I've tried to let people back in, but the cord was cut. It's just the cord was cut. I couldn't ever get back to that level of trusting them to the degree that I expect and require trust to be in my relationships. Yeah. Uh, What gets me through is I have a belief that forgiveness is a journey of a thousand times, I call it. Which means, Amen. Yeah, which means that I, I have come to the point where I am willing to forgive. And I realized that the person that betrayed me was probably doing the best with, with what they had at the time, even though they are unevolved and unconscious of everything that they're doing. Or even if it was purposeful, they were still doing the best with what they had at the time. But that these thoughts still come to me and I still start to ruminate on the injustice of it. And when I do, I think of forgiveness is a journey of a thousand times. And I remind myself, I have put this in the hands of God and I've, I've released it from my own hands that I will not be the one to seek justice in this situation, that I will trust the justice of this gorgeous universe to do that for me so that I can live my life in freedom. It's a tough pill for people to swallow when we say that people were doing the best they could at the time. And that's a pretty, you know, high up there, spiritually evolved notion. But it's something that when you really truly adopt and you open your heart and you open your mind, your soul already knows that. So we don't need to convince the soul. The soul is beautiful and perfect. That's that's the God in us. But when we wrap our head, our mind, and our heart around the fact that that's what that person was capable of at that time... Yeah, it was really crappy, but that's it. That's really the best that they could do based on where their psyche was and the level of their wounds or unworthiness, whatever they had going on inside of them. That allows us to understand people are just doing the best they can at that moment, even if it looks horrific. Sue, you mentioned forgiveness is a journey of a thousand times. And I know that you made a podcast episode on that. I did. I am going to put that link in the show notes if you guys want to hear that. It's not a very long episode. Three minutes. Oh, it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. See, you guys, you get a little bonus, (laughs) little bonus three minutes episode. So we're going to wrap this up. And I just want you guys to know that, that number one, if you were betrayed, you don't need to convince anybody that you're betrayed. Your hurt is your hurt. And even if you feel alone in it, That does not minimize that it happened to you. It does not minimize that it was real. Number two, I I ask you, invite you to open your heart and mind to understanding the reason or whatever their motivation was for the betrayal. That doesn't mean it's okay. We're talking about forgiveness here. This is just helping you move forward in forgiveness. Number three, if you are being stuck in your story of all men are this, all women are that, whatever your story might be, Be willing to see the opposing view. Ask God, Spirit, Universe to show you the opposing view so that you can start to shift your perception and get back to homeostasis, the way you were before, back to neutral so that you can continue your life. Not all people are going to betray us. That's just not the way it works. 
and number three, like Sue, or number four, I think it is what Sue spoke about is understanding that sometimes, no, not sometimes. It's like every experience we have happens for us. Somehow it is showing us a deeper level of healing within ourselves, whatever it might be, whether we were being a doormat, whether we were not speaking up, whatever it could be, be willing to look at your betrayal is that there's a learning lesson for you in there too. And the very last thing I want to say, and this is a funny little cliche, the best revenge is living a good life. The best revenge is living well. We don't have to prove anything to anybody. We don't have to get back at anybody. The universe is self-correcting and self-organizing. God's got your back. Just go live your life and make it an amazing one. Amen. Yay. Thanks so much for being here, Sue. Thanks for having me. It's always so much fun to have Sue Markovich here in the studio. And if you would like to know more about Sue, you can find her at www.suemarkovich.com. If you have suffered a profound betrayal lately or in your past, I sincerely hope that this episode gave you inspiration and hope to know that you can heal from this and there will be brilliance and beautiful life on the other side. Until next time, everybody, take really good care of you because you matter.